Welcome to Stock Odds Odds and End podcast. This is Dave and Rob getting ready for the week of October 30th. Good evening, Rob. Yeah, October 30th, all the way into the new month of November. Correct. Um, well, we're running uh, late. Both Dave and I had a very busy weekend, and uh, it is Sunday night, uh, 11 o'clock Pacific time, and we're finally getting this done. So, uh, Apologies to those that like it early so they can uh, prepare, uh, but hopefully you'll have time uh, before the market opens. And if not, it's still applicable for the week. So, uh, in fact, Monday doesn't have too much going on compared to the rest of the week here. So we have a, a very busy calendar. Uh, I think this is a very important week. Um, as you've looked at stuff too, Dave, is that the way you feel mm-hmm. is a very important week here? Yeah, I mean, after an important month, too, I mean, there's so much happening in October, the earnings, and and then this week we also have um, the Federal Reserve announced right. interest rates, so that's a key, key right. point. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be uh, something to fasten your seatbelt this week and uh, should be interesting, so uh, let's go into this podcast here, with a, starting with a bit of review. Uh, Friday's action, um, so we were elevated in the extended hours and then coming into Friday morning, we were elevated. Then we had this 8 8 a.m. sort of shock here. We tagged the previous close and also rallied up. Then we rallied again to test that high, which is often something you see pre-market. We opened elevated and filled the gap bang on at 10 a.m., which uh, is a time of day that we often see reversals or gap fills, etc. Um, then we bounced a bit, and then you see this move here. Now, if you listen to uh, Josh and my broadcast on Tuesday, um, we talked a bit about the how how stop losses get run below support numbers. So, it's very easy for people to say, "Listen, I'm going to." I'm going to buy above the previous close and I'll get stopped out below it if they're expecting, you know, a a bullish day. And there's no reason not to have expected things to to rally today uh, on Friday, which, in fact, they did rally initially uh, because we started elevated. We filled the gap and it bounced back up. So there's no reason for people not to come in there and buy. Um, But it did sell off. Stops get got run. And um, then typically after the flush out, you see uh, a retracement here. And that's why we were talking on Tuesday about how Bob Bright puts orders below support numbers, not in front. So he doesn't like to place them here because then you get picked up and and end up losing money by the time, if it's going to continue to go down, by the time you get out, you've lost a lot. Um, Rather than buying at a discount, in the areas where you expect stops to get run and even even a bit lower so you get the selling into you and once that's cleaned up um, often we get this uh, this bounce and so right away you're in the money and if it was to keep going lower um, you know you're already starting from a point of discount uh, so it's easy to say all right the trade's not working I'll get out and your losses would be much lower than they would be had you been buying above the support number. 
So that was uh, why I put that there, just to refresh your memory and kind of give you a visual example of how it works. So um, Friday we did end up lower. Uh, just this whole thing with the Middle East and, and expansion into other countries, and that's not too far-fetched of a, of, a, of a thought, considering you've got both uh, pro-Israel and pro-Palestine, um, you know, activity around the world in many countries, you know, so uh, you've got both sides um, in terms of marches and protests and things like that and support rallies and everything. So, um, you know, there's already countries being drawn into it and um, the market's concerned about that. And it's just yet another Friday where we sold off because of geopolitical concerns on the weekend. So, uh, you know, expect that until it's uh, until the situation changes, I guess. But there'll, there'll be, you know, there'll be a rally on a Friday. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, it comes about here on November uh, the 6th. We have, um, or sorry, November the 3rd, I mean, um, that Friday wouldn't surprise me at all. The first Friday of November to have a rally. But um, anyway, we'll see. Uh, carrying on here, this is the 15-minute chart for October the 23rd to the 27th in review. Uh, I put in the October 20th here so you can see how it was kind of sliding and um, that Friday closed on the low and again concern. We came in um, Monday. We actually gapped below the 420 number, which has been pretty significant. We gapped below it, sold off, but it did recover. Again, another sample of how uh, probably um, there was some capitulation and some stop losses that got run, but we recovered. We rallied all the way up here, and some of the stocks did the same thing. <laughs> they would have run the stops and, and reversed. Um, anyway, but, but it couldn't hold and uh, got met with some selling pressure and ended up here down. Tuesday held its own. Uh, a little bit of a, an inside day, except for this expansion up here, which made it not an inside day, if you take it literally, um, but still a smaller range day. And we broke down from that on Wednesday, slid all day, carried uh, through on Thursday. And then, of course, we had GDP numbers and so on uh, contributing to this. And then uh, Friday, uh, we sold off and, and uh, we talked about that already closed uh, near the low of the day. So that was our week, a significant down week as far as that goes. Uh, the Spider Daily, um, that just puts it a little bit into perspective on how we reversed. Once we, we broke through, we got under that 420 number, we reversed and you can see it clearly how we got that bounce into the next day and then sold off from there. Um, and so this is something that we see often, too, is that you can't always set your watch on the initial breaks of any numbers because, yeah, sure, we had this support in here. So we had, you know, had a good 10, 20 day support, even monthly support right in there. And, um, you know, it broke it, but it was able to pop up that day as well as the next day. 
and then it rolled over and went through it and it's not coming back. So don't forget that because you will see this movie again. I've seen it through my career many, many times. And so it doesn't surprise me. And you, you actually are ready for it uh, when it happens. So that's the daily. So we have got into an air pocket here and we have been sliding. That doesn't mean it's going to continue to slide all week. Look at the consolidation that we've returned to here. So mean reversion to me is when we return to an area of significant congestion, a significant consolidation, a lot of uh, activity. If you were to look at a you know, volume and, and price type chart together, you would see that uh, there's been a lot of trades in this 410 area, and we've returned right back down to that. So we can bounce from here. And if we go and look at the best six months of the year, November is counted as one of them, and we're heading into November. So do we have a lot of concern? Let's say we've entered into bear market territory, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but that's where rallies start from. And I know it doesn't seem likely with the backdrop of the geopolitical stuff, but seasonality would suggest that we're coming into a time of potential upside. And the beauty of that is we're starting from a discounted perspective. Like we're not, it's not like rolling into November and we're up here like you were in July. You're rolling into November down here, having already pulled back. So that, that, sets the stage for potential um, you know better positioning and, and some attractive stocks and attractive groups and in an attractive market now i'm not going to stick my neck out and say i know for sure that the market will rally but you have to look at the seasonality and um, align yourself with that as much as possible um, so that's data driven trading so here's the sector performances for Friday and for the week. Consumer cyclical had a good day on Friday due to Amazon uh, being one of the largest, the largest in the um, in the space and Tesla as well. But Amazon's performance was exceptional on Friday. Technology was also good. So it ended up being a risk on day. Risk on did the best out of the list that we publish. Um, and for the week, there was a, a few of the, a few of the days that were risk on, even though it was a down week. And so what we've seen is this kind of movie about when there's concerns and the market is heading down, there's a flight to quality. We've seen that with, you know, treasuries. We've seen that in the past with with the U.S. dollar. We've seen that with, um, you know, the blue chips and and defensive. We've seen that with gold. We've seen that with, um, um, you know, some of the, uh, the the more stable large caps. But we've also seen it with mega caps and the mega caps that are in the discretionary area and the mega caps that are in the communications area and the mega caps that are in the technology area. So it's like they're used as a flight to quality now. And so that's the difference that we've seen in the last especially this year, but also in the last number of years, as compared to going back 10, 15 years ago, where you didn't really see that. It was more the, you know, uh, consumer product like uh, consumer staples, the Coca-Colas, you know, that kind of thing. That's where 
when there was concerns, money moved there and out of the the technology space. But it's you can't say that anymore. Uh, technology, in some respects, has become a place to park money because of the earning power, because uh, you know there's a there's a lot of history there now, and because of the growth prospects as well that you've seen consistently motoring on through all kinds of environments like COVID and things that we've had to deal with, and yet those stocks still power their way on through. So that's why they've become defensive to some degree. So when we talk about consumer cyclical, consumer defense, these are the way things are segregated. But that doesn't mean that's, you know, how the market is responding. Okay, important to, to make that distinction. For the week, utilities had a good week, even though Friday was bad for them. Basic materials had a great week, too, comparatively. And gold is in basic materials. And uh, since the October 6th, well, the war started on October 7th, uh, since then, uh, gold has um, been rallying. So, um, and it's actually stronger than it appears because there's been relatively little change in the dollar since then. So I think that um, that's helped the basic materials group out substantially. So again, you can see cyclical, uh, competing with defensive there and slightly ahead for the week, um, but definitely, definitely ahead for the day, right? And so a lot of that would have come and been lifted up by Amazon on Friday. Communication services, although it had a reasonable Friday, had a pretty bad week. Here's some uh, market and sector ETFs performance. Um, so you can see. Uh, XLU, the sector ETF for utilities, performing well for the week. Um, looking at our relative volumes, we don't see anything in the twos. So there hasn't been like a lot of directional money flow. It's been spread pretty well across all of the ETFs, including the market ETFs. Um, what do we see here? Yeah, energy having a really bad week, you know, bad, bad month, almost the worst compared to IWM. Well, in, in a sector space, it was the worst for the month and the worst for the week. But uh, small caps have been beat up too. And that's that's been testing some of our lists that we produce because we allow a little bit of exposure to small caps. And they've been uh, kind of like uh, having a big problem with the uh, interest rate environment you know the lack of growth prospects they just but if that if there was if that was the turn like for example dave mentioned um the fomc meeting this week so if there is no hike and they maybe signal that there won't be one in december then you know small caps could again have their their comeback tour here so so we're don't count them out never Never count them out. Look at it like this. What is, excuse me, what is the most, you know, discounted or the most premium opportunity? And there could there be a catalyst? Could there be an engine behind it? Here's Friday's map of the market. You see that Amazon there, the Meta, 
And you see, look at look at Intel and the semiconductors there, AMD, Intel, doing really well. Apple, Apple down significantly since July, uh, but bouncing back here for Friday a bit. And for the week, I don't think it did too bad either. Well, worse than Microsoft for the week, down 2.7%. But here's, you can see uh, Google and Meta, how they got beat up for the week. And Comcast got beat up for the week, but on the daily, you can see Friday how they how they bounced back there. Amazon did really well, of course, on Friday, which pulled its stuff up for the week. Some defensive stuff still working out because of the ongoing conflicts. Um, this is for the week. Utilities again. Utilities had a bad bad week. A good well, no, actually had a good week. Sorry um had a bad friday but a good week and you can see nee helped a lot for that week uh performance here there's a few green spots everywhere but mostly a red week a broader market sell-off jp morgan having a really bad week and partly because of this friday here down on comments by J jamie diamond about selling some stock and so on. And here's our gold. Dave, what do you think about that? It's a nice comeback in gold. Yeah, so this is October 6th, uh, this first green bar here. And then the conflict started on the 7th. And we've been rallying ever since. Um, so you could say, yeah, maybe it's gotten a, a little bit top heavy here. Um, but it hasn't had a chance to go in and revisit uh, this uh, May. And this it rallied here on the regional bank problem and up into May. So, you know, there's still some potential to move higher to test that. Now, here's what I was pointing out about the dollar. Over the same period, the dollar has been relatively sideways. So, so we can say that gold did not get a boost from the dollar selling off, which then says that strength is is been real it's not just dollar influence strength last day of the of the month of october seasonality for etfs what do you see here dave yeah with these etfs this is the the last trading day last trading day look at how it's skewed to the sell side versus the buy side here talk yeah, to me 82 percent of the trades are down on that day right so we have weakness in um biotech xbi idb the retail xrt the high data stuff rk real estate some staples so just generally across the board a lot of weakness and some strength in um it's kind of conflicting because you have xle long but you have uso short <laughs> so right a little mix on oil but kweb is like chinese chinese internet Right. So there's, there's pockets of strength, but generally most things are expected to be down on that final day. Well, I mean, interestingly, we had a we had a really bad week for uh, XLE. Um, bad, fairly bad month, bad week. Uh, so um, that that could be there could be a, a bounce back coming into the last trading day. Wouldn't surprise me. Anywho, here's the stocks. So again, we want to align ourselves 
stocks with the ETFs as much as possible. Anything pop out at you there? Again, confirmation that the high beta art kind of trades are, are down. Twilio, DocuSign, Etsy, right. um, those kind of things. But it's, it's a nice surprise is on the long side, you've got things like Wynn, the cruise lines, Norwegian, uh, RCL, um, Micron, Steel. So, so there are some individual stories here, but uh, still it's, it's skewed down to the, the short side. Well, and remember, when you look at the 50% the thing here, so I would rather choose something that is, you know, 62 and a half, 75, 87 and a half, right, rather than the 50-50 game. So, again, when you look at the shorts, probability of going down is so much higher along with the performance than the probability of going up. So, um, what you can do with that is if you find some good stocks to be short you could just buy the spy um, or a few etfs that are matching against those stocks and if the stock has a higher beta than that etf that could work for you especially if you're you want to be you know dollar long versus dollar short so here's uh we also have this week not not only do we have the fomc meeting and a whole bunch of other you know, economic data coming out and earnings and everything else. We've also got the last trading day of the month and the first trading day of the new month in the same week and the first Friday of the, right? I didn't put that in. You guys can go look at it for yourself. But the first Friday of November is also to be considered. But um, this uh, first first trading day should be stronger generally than in the other types of days of the month. What do you see here? Yeah, a lot of strength in chips, the socks and SMH. Um, gold, this is a confirmation of what you've been showing on the, on the bigger chart. So big time frame, gold is bullish, also for the first day of November. Um, a little strength in oil, some financials, basic materials. And then again, it's skewed 75% to the long side. If you look at the individual stocks on that day, it does confirm the same kinds of things. Um, like NVIDIA long, Qualcomm long. Um, so, so so the same story in place, ALB well, long, basic materials. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing that's interesting here, going back to the ETFs, is that um, we see this flip, like, you know, here's ARC as a buy for the first trading day of the month. And if we roll back to here, it's a short for the last trading day of October. So... If, for example, ARC did fulfill that and was just deeply discounted already, let's say for the month and then even into the last trading day of the month, and you were to buy it that day or, or at the close or after hours or something for the next day, which is the first of the month, you know, then you can benefit from what we call the turn of the month effect. And that's every time Dave and I talk about looking for things that are discounted that have a bullish window or looking for things that are at a premium that have a bearish window that's exactly what we're talking about is looking for those opportunities so here's a complete flip from one day to another and there's many uh, of that that repeating stuff here if you look through the list intently okay so and again lining yourself as dave said with the etfs you know, so if your oil ETF is supposed to be bullish, 
then you've got Devon in there and MRO and APA, right? And if basic materials are supposed to be bullish, which is XLB, you've got X in there and FCX and so on. Uh, consumer discretionary is supposed to be bullish. You've got, you know, WIN and uh, any JD and whatever else you got in there. Okay. Um, communications, your Googles. Now, what do we got for the economic calendar here, Dave? Yeah, not much going on Monday. Tuesday, we get uh, consumer confidence, some employment data, case shiller home prices. And then Wednesday is the big day. We get an ADP employment number, uh, job openings, how manufacturers doing, construction spending. But the big thing is at 2 p.m., they have the FOMC decision on interest rates and then the press conference to follow after. And it's the first day of the month. So maybe seasonality-wise, it's bullish, but it can, it can flip if um, something it happens with interest rates. Thursday, there's um, productivity, factory orders, again, that kind of data. But the big stuff on Friday is payrolls. So U.S. non-farm payrolls, the unemployment rate, hourly wages. So the key theme for Friday is um, employment. But, but Wednesday is a tricky day because um, it's the first day of the month. Like you mentioned, it's pretty bullish for the most part. But whatever happens at 2 p.m. could um, make a big difference. Well, yeah, and, and also... If you go back historically, and we've talked about this on the broadcast many times, is that the week of the Fed meeting, the market does have its spots where it tends to rally ahead of the meeting announcement itself. And that's sometimes on the Monday, on the Tuesday, and then on the Wednesday before, like the half hour before the meeting announcement, before, so be from 1.30 till 2 p.m. and then the announcement comes out and then you get your volatility shock and then you get your Q&A period half an hour later which usually ends up determining the ultimate glide path for the day. So that's what we've seen historically. Now it doesn't have to be that way and for the week itself it would probably be unlikely but it could happen that all the of the announcements that we have this week align you know, investors in the same direction. Like they're, you know, everything supports the bull side or everything supports the bear side. I think you're more likely to get the market swinging around and even one day being strong and possibly the next day being weak. You're probably more likely to get that, but November has some strong seasonality. So, um, you know, if things kind of lean that way uh, and the market even could overlook even negative economic news as it's done in the past um then you know it could be a, a really strong bullish week and that would be kind of expected as well like we've seen many times where, where we just had a bad week last week right so so you know the next week could be good <laughs> and um Anyway, so uh, fasten your seatbelts should be should be a fun fun week. It is an important week, and you still have a lot of uh, you know Middle East conflict, and still don't forget you still have the Ukraine conflict. <laughs> it's still there, and who knows? We might have the Taiwan conflict next. So <laughs> you know, just fasten your seatbelts and uh, stay sharp. And um, let's take a quick peek at the futures here before we go, Dave. 
and mm -hmm. see what we what we see um, in Some the after there. hours. I mean, in the yeah, since uh, since the futures opened here, let's just see. Uh, we're up a little bit on the Dow futures, on uh, S and P as well. Nasdaq up uh, 0.57 already. Russell up 0.50. You can see that deep discount on the Russell. Pretty much uh, a year ago, matching lows. So this is a phenomenal opportunity for the Russell to give us what it gave us last November, which is what you see here. Um, Nikkei is up. Euro stocks is up. So again, we're coming off of a bad week uh, around the world. Volatility should then be dropping a little bit. Is down already 2%. So we're coming from an elevated VIX position. Let's just take a look at energy here. Uh, see what we got going on. Um, showing down still. Some articles out on peak oil, like uh, you know, some of the green space is is getting some traction in many countries that people aren't even aware of. Um, bonds, you know, they've they've sure been uh, important recently. Here, here's the ten year. And uh, we're kind of lifted off the bottom. And again, it's probably going to be a bit of a wait and see. I doubt the bonds would get too far ahead of itself, considering this is FOMC week. So more of a wait and see uh, attitude here. And then uh, let's just look at our metals, our gold here. Probably uh, I would expect gold to also pause and wait for the uh, Fed meeting on Wednesday. I don't think it would be likely to move in either direction too much at this point since it's already had its rally. And then we have the US dollar, same thing there, kind of a wait and see attitude. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Appreciate your uh, listening. Thanks for your comments. Uh, uh, those of you that do give us a nod once in a while, thank you for that. And uh, Dave, I'll let you go get some rest and uh, catch you in the morning. All right, good luck.